from the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing. This is World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Hello, everyone. And welcome to this week's edition of the Wow Report, where we count down the top 10 topics of the week that made us go wow. wow. That's right. I'm co-founder of World of Wonder, Fenton Bailey, joined by our chief creative officer, Tom Campbell, who is overseas in the UK. Joining us hello, 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 love. What hello. the biscuit? Hello, governor. <laughs> and from Hollywood, James St. James, editor of the Wow Report. That's me. Hello, darling. Hello, sweetie. Uh, as a reminder, you can watch the Wow Report for Radio Andy on our YouTube channel, Wow Presents, every week with extra content, all the bits we couldn't fit in, and all the mistakes left intact. <laughs> oh, Lord, I had no idea. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's get down with the countdown, and we start at number 10. Number 10. I think the um, the announcement of the death of award shows was premature. This uh, past weekend, the Grammys were on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. And they set a new record high, like the most people watching for many, many years. And I watched it the day after on Paramount Plus. And I have to say, you know, the, the only co the complaint about the show is that it's really long, but it's so inclusive, it's hard to be angry at its length. And I thought there was highlight after highlight, um, some controversy, which we'll get into. Um, but uh, weirdly, because... I'm not the first person you think of when you think the history of hip hop. Am I right? But right, right, yeah. the tribute that they put together, that um, Questlove put together from the roots of, I don't know, how, like 20 hip hop artists, one after another, who are all, were all sound and looked amazing, blew me away. I thought like, like that was a moment in history that will never be made to happen again. Well, interestingly, Tom, I remember you had the same reaction at the Super Bowl when they did the history of 90s hip hop, and you were blown away by that, too. I think you are a secret hip hopper from the I, I think the 90s hip hop was probably your jam for shizzle. Oh, see, I didn't even know I was going to say that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why um, did you think the death of the award show has been prematurely announced? Has there been some coverage recently of that? old hoary chestnut kind of just hear what we talk because every time award shows they seem kind of bland out of touch music still seems vital they were huge you know in the movies the oscars it's it's huge names but it's elitist and with music it's the music we all know and love i and i felt the awards got kind of spread out beyonce made you know history for the most awards won she she was running a little bit Ever. late oh and the other thing i liked and and i know noah no people it's fun to make fun of noah Trevor, Trevor Noah, Noah yes. excuse me. It's fun to make fun of Trevor Noah. It's, it's in fashion now, but I thought he did an excellent job. And I love that they put all the tables on the floor and made it feel and had celebrities sit together. So it had a little bit of that Golden Globes magic. You know, Lizzo now, with Adele. I, I do want to ask you about the Bonnie Raya win because a lot of people were shocked by that. Everyone online, who the hell is this? Nobody knew who Bonnie Rand was. It was it was the, this whole Twitter thing. Like, who the hell is this old woman? I remember, like, 
1992 when she she won all of the Grammys for Nick of Nick of Time, and it yeah. was kind of her huge comeback from the 70s. And here she is, all these more 30 years later, and she's um, she won again. Listen, the Grammys are very unpredictable. All award shows are unpredictable in terms of you know who votes. You know, there's so many people in the category who blocks who out, who pops ahead. But how awesome! That that Bonnie Raitt was uh, one. She looked as shocked as anybody. Um, I love and- that. I was just reading a, a, a autobiography of a, a woman, um, a '60s sort of radical, and she was talking about hanging out with young Bonnie Raitt in the 1960s. So Bonnie has paid her dues. She has been around and one of the original Nepo babies. Her father, of course. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> but somebody who really has earned her laurels. I thought yes. it was very exciting. Who's her father? Um, John Raitt, who was a huge Broadway star in the 50s and 60s. He, like, starred in Pajama Game and many, many, many others. Oklahoma. Wasn't he the original Oklahoma? I'm going to I'm gonna be lying if I say absolutely yes. Maybe. He was in Carousel, maybe. But he was, he was in... Yeah. Yes, you're probably okay. right. Big Broadway. Um, other historical moments. I thought Lizzo's speech for winning for record of the year for about damn time where she called out Beyonce, where she, you know, she is the moment right now, Beyonce. And I'm glad that she's reaping in the awards. Uh, The other, you know, the fact that Kim Petras and Sam Smith won for duet of the year. And not only that, but we got to see um, Violet Chachki and Gottmik behind them. They were on stage. They they walked in the red carpet. Everybody looked fantastic. I love Sam Smith. I love Kim Petras. I don't care. I loving you know I must say I've I've long not been a fan of Sam Smith but I am loving this incarnation of him. I am too. I think the more the more upset people get, the more yes. I love him. Ted Cruz, I, Senator Ted Cruz, that awful, awful man, posted like Satan worship on network TV. You know, just that sort of complete failure of uh, sense of humor or sense of irony or sense of uh, spectacle, and just going off Satan worship. I'll wrap it up with this. I saw a post that said, um, you know, Ted Cruz says that, you know, Sam Smith is Satan. Satanists don't give it much of a room. Don't, don't think it's very Satan-y at all. <laughs> you, know, sort of, you know, it's like all the religious rights. Satan, people that worship Satan, they didn't think it was that great. You know, it was, it was just so-so. Yeah. And the, uh, how people can get their panties into us about Sam Smith in, what, 2023, when the Rolling Stones have yeah. been doing, like, their satanic majesty's request. I mean, None of this is new. It's like it's so extraordinary. It's the same people who were just who were shocked, shocked at little Nas X. Remember <laughs> this time last year, are shocked, right. shocked that he wore devil horns. <laughs> but Kim oh, Petras no. was reportedly the first tra- openly trans artist to win a Grammy, and Sam Smith during the acceptance speech stayed silent and watched her and let her have her moment and speak. And she spoke so eloquently, eloquently. So I thought that was a nice Now, moment. but I do have to just stop you right there because the first tra- openly trans woman was in 1969 who worked on an electronic album, one best uh, um, song. And then she went on to work um, for Stanley Kubrick in A Clockwork Orange and 2001 Space Odyssey. So she was the first trans woman. I stand corrected, but it was still what a wonderful uh, event to happen. No, no, no. Not exactly. Exactly. Who cares? It was a- I mean, because, you know, there was that Sam Smith thing, because when he won the Oscar, he was like, um, I'm the first gay man to win 
this that or the other. Yes, no, no, no. I'm not taking anything away from Kim no, Petras. No, I'm just no. saying that that there is history there of of another trans right. woman who is worth checking out. You and, can and check Kim out did the thank all the people that came before her to kick down the yeah. walls so she could be there. So you can check out the Grammys on Paramount Plus, right? Moving on to number nine. Number nine. I watched All Quiet on the Western Front on Netflix. Um, uh, probably the most anti-war movie ever made, I'm going to say, based on the 1929 novel by Eric Maria Remark. Um, it's told from the point of view of a young German soldier who is caught up in the jingoistic nationalistic fervor of the time and joins the war with his buddies and they're all yeah 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 we're gonna go not here blah, blah. and the minute they get to the front line they realize the horror and the mistake that they've made um it's the reality sets in um the first 15 minutes remember of saving private ryan is sort of the gold standard of what war probably was really like and this the first half hour might be better than saving private ryan if you have the stomach for it um it this is um uh the the terror the bullets the grenades the flamethrowers all the the tanks everything that had never been seen before we've talked about world war one the life in the trenches just the the cold and the dirt and the mud and the bodies lying all around. And every time you see there's bullets flying everywhere, it's really, it's overwhelming and it doesn't matter what side you're on, whether you're German or American, you realize that young men are the fodder for war. And it's, there's the generals in their high towers who are far removed from their actions who are the bad guys and the young men who are just victims of the nationalism, nationalism and everything, whether it's Iraqis and Americans or Ukrainians and Russians, like the, it's the young men who are always the, the, the victims of, of war. And you can feel sorry for the Germans in, in, in this case, even though they were the bad guys and there he's and what this boy goes through is just it is so hard to watch but i really think that everybody should give it a chance it's, it really is just anti-war have you seen the original movie oh, um, the 1930 yes i have it's and, so really. chilly i mean i'm still haunted by that in fact i think yeah. i'm afraid to watch the remake because I saw the original when I was a kid and, you know, it was a Sunday afternoon. I was watching television on my own and just it's nightmarish. You know, it's like lodged in my mind. as it, 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 it is. And it's apples and oranges because this is a lot more gruesome probably than that one. But it's still it's so haunting and it's just such a powerful anti-war statement. And you just. Oh, it's just uh, it's, it's also interesting that it's on Netflix because I feel like Netflix does a hundred crap movies for every one prestige. And this is their one prestige of the year. Um, it's uh, it just it deserves best picture. I don't know that it will get best picture, but you should give it a shot, even if you just watch the first half hour, because it's just so powerful. But it is not for Tom. <laughs> I, I'm scared. Yeah, yeah. Not, I don't think you can. And is it long? Is it long? It is. It's um, but it doesn't feel long because it's just it's mm. it, it's you were so in the moment and you were so yes. involved in it that it's it's you know, and the kids do a magnificent job. It's just all right. 
that's all quiet on the Western Front, uh, nominated for an Oscar, I believe, yep, and currently fun. streaming on Netflix. Yeah. Number eight. Number eight. Oh, no, James, I'm sorry I have to do this to you. But, no, uh, what are you going to do? I went jazz from Variety, very kindly uh, asked me to join her and go to see Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Oh, God in heaven, An another Marvel gushing. Are we going to go bananas? Well, it's interesting, James. This is the 31st film in the Marvel Can you believe it? They've made and the 31st 31... one that you have talked about on this show. And... and... <laughs> And this is the first film of Phase 5. There, there, there have been these phases mapped out. I will go to my grave saying that this MCU is a masterpiece of planning, thought, care, creativity. But this movie is different. I mean, yes, it's the same in that it has all the same Marvel meta humor, incredible special effects, uh, the whole sort of postmodern uh, approach to telling basically, ultimately, a traditional narrative of the good guy versus the bad guy with lots of violence and special effects. But it's, so, I don't know how they do it, James, but somehow they keep it fresh. And the twist this time, one of the little twists is Paul Rudd plays Ant-Man and he's married to the Wasp. So that's nice. So you've got two superheroes, two tiny superheroes. And this time he's written his autobiography. It's called um, Watch Out for the Little Guy or something. And they've actually done a book. For the first time in Marvel history, they've, they're, they're releasing a biography of Ant-Man written by the guy who is Ant-Man. Um, and uh, that comes out in September. The, the story itself is, is Ant-Man and his wife, and they go with their daughter into the quantum uh, into the uh, 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 multiverse. Thank you. Multiverse. That's what I'm looking for. Now, we've had multiverse movies before, but this time they just go in there and they spend most of the movie in a multiverse. And it is the most visual, orgiastic, nonsensical. And at first you're thinking, oh, it's the Star Wars bar. It's the bar in Star Wars where all the kooky creatures with the weird shaped heads and the beaks. and the, the. At first you're thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're so funny and clever about it. There's this sort of blobby character who is basically just a sort of ball of juice. And his whole thing is he has no holes. And there's this whole marvelous thing. They, they capture Paul Rudd and they're like, how many holes do you have? Which is a very sophomore, um, childish conversation. But it's done with this little alien blob who's so funny and you have to drink his juice in order to understand what all the different peoples in the quantum universe are saying. It's, it's just so clever. But mm -hmm. I've even, I haven't even got to the best part of this film. Uh, one thing is it's two hours long, which is great. And Jonathan Majors is the new villain. He plays the Conqueror Kang, Kang the Conqueror. He is so good. I, I don't think I've ever seen a villain as compelling, as gorgeous, as threatening, as layered, as complex, as I, I tell you, James, you've just got to treat yourself and um, go see this. I, I do like Paul Rudd. I, I will, you know, I, I, I love him and everything he does. So maybe. Tom. I, I was on mute. I said, not since Joan Collins in Dynasty has there been such a compelling villain. You know what? That is a perfectly apt 
and brilliant comparison. <laughs> I would say exactly that because Jonathan Majors is he's beautiful but also ugly. He is brutish yet also kind of uh, sensitive or empathetic. It's I just I it was it was a mixture of love and lust and. I couldn't take my eyes off him. I've seen very few of these movies, but I did see the Ant-Man way back when because of Paul Rudd. I did enjoy it. And I read an interview where Paul Rudd said he was in the, you know, universe before it was cool. Like he was one of the first actor actors to jump in before it was trendy to do. So, you know, give him his flowers for being early to the party. Right. And I can't resist just wrapping it up with a little... James Bading, because when you compare the DC universe just oh, announced some no. huge such a mess. Like there's they have like this movie, that and then they got Else Worlds. They're doing Else Worlds. You can't beat me. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. You you just you go off. You go off then. I spent fun. most of my time during your story counting my holes, just so you know. <laughs> I counted seven if you don't count your eyeballs. But Tom, that is the correct answer. If Blake was going to ask us that as we took a break, uh, oh, I, eight. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Drink the juice. Oh, that's okay. Uh, people, all different. There's all different kinds of people in the world, James. Speaking of the multiverse, Drag Race Zverige, that is a Drag Race Sweden, premieres March 4th. Uh, 12.30 Pacific, 3.30 Eastern, with Untucked as well, uh, premiering the uh, an hour later. And that's on WOW Presents Plus uh, worldwide, excluding Sweden. Um, so, the home of ABBA, of course. So, you know, <laughs> you know what to expect. All right, let's take a quick break. Blake, have you got a question? I do. Um, Valentine's Day is coming up on Tuesday, and I didn't know this. Cupid is believed to carry arrows that have tips made of which two materials? Huh. What are Cupid's hmm. arrows tipped with? Hmm. We'll have the answer right after the break here on the Wow Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. And welcome back to the Wow Report. I am Fenton here with James, James, and Tom. And Blake, we're counting down the top 10 things of the week that made us go wow. But first, we have a question from Blake. Yes. Valentine's Day is on Tuesday, so Cupid is believed to carry arrows that have tips made of which two materials? This is the same material, so I think it's like metally. So I think it's gold and diamonds. Close. Okay, I'm going to say gold and, and silver. Close. I'm going to say platinum. <laughs> well, one is good and one is bad. Gold is the good one. And lead lead, lead is the bad one. Huh. So according to legend, if Cupid strikes someone with a gold arrow, they will have the hots for their partner. And if they strike them with a lead arrow, that love will wither. I think I've been lead poisoned in the past. I just want to go on record. <laughs> I was I definitely my own flowers. By a golden arrow watching Ant-Man 3. Oh, Shoot my God. <laughs> we are going to talk to the way to go. Wow, we've reached a 9-8. Number seven. Number seven. I watched uh, 
Pamela Anderson, A Love Story, the documentary on Netflix. Because you know I'm not going to read the book. Um, have you guys had a chance to watch? No. no. She okay. looks fantastic. Whatever she's had done, she looks absolutely brilliant. I will say that. It's very, you know, it's Pamela's chance to speak about her life. And it's really compelling. It's a couple of hours. I totally recommend it. Um, you know, some of the more compelling parts I'll just pull from it is, A, I'll start with the superficial because she looks great. And nobody does casual wear better than Pam. <laughs> kind of like, you know, an, any an, a lesser woman, they would, but big oversized dusters with Ugg boots. And, you know, she has kind of like uh, white, like nightgowns and she's always just very comfortable she looks great she's the whole thing she appears with no makeup or very little makeup and you realize what a natural beauty she is you also see pictures of her from her past and you realize what a gorgeous young woman she was and how she literally and and she talks about not to rush through this and not to be but she's had she had abuse in her youth you know when she was a young girl and she shows you know very telling school pictures from before and after the abuse and you know the different state of mind but she one night went to um, a football game in Canada and was wearing a Labatt's beer T-shirt. And the, 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 you know, the, they got her, put her up on the big billboard and the big television. And she became famous overnight. Labatt's called her. Hugh Hefner called her. She flew to L.A. And the rest is history. And you realize, I know this, but I was reminded what a unique beauty she is. She's a punchline, you know, but she's she's incredibly beautiful, incredibly iconic. Um, um uh, she uh, spends a lot of time with her sons. Who, and it was, the, the, the premise basically is, you know, celebrities in their storage spaces, Fenton. She goes up to Canada where her, her parents still are and where she's always, she's, anything that she thought was important, she sent up there to put in storage, her diaries, but she was incredibly diarist. And all this videotape, the sex tape with her and Tommy, they used to videotape everything they did, you know, not just the sex tape, but whatever. So she has all this really compelling video of her life. And she, you see her watching it on VHS tapes in a, you know, VCR with her son there some of the time. And it's, you know, family stuff. And it's really beautiful. And her sons who are now like 25 and 27 or something are really handsome. They seem, they came across really strongly. Um, um, and the other super poignant, compelling, upsetting thing is she just talks about how no one's ever had boundaries with her, how it was okay to sort of badger her about her breasts and her, you know, because it's one thing for a woman to talk about them, and it's another thing for her to, um, mm. and and like they have her on Jay Leno, and she's just the punchline, and she's always been so great at at bouncing back, at having a clever quip back, um, and it was just, it's you just realize how cruel we are to women, and how insensitive we are to women. Well, you know, we it, we've talked about how Dolly Parton has, you know, her whole career was the same way, and they're just there. We realize that we have to stop doing that to women, and just you know, and when you talk about Madonna being beaten up over her appearance at the at the Grammys, and just how awful we are when uh, just it's just it's just a, it's just a whole documentary that needs to be done right, right. there, and it's deep in us because I I feel compelled to do it sometimes too, and it's like. Be better. Be better. Look beyond yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but it's worth seeing. It is her point of view. Um, I think she tells her truth. I think, you know, we've always known, we did a TV series with her many, many years ago for one season on E! called uh, Pam Girl, Girl on the Loose. 
girl on the loose. And we, I knew, I, I got to know her a little bit then through the footage and whatever. And she is a much more complicated, interesting woman than, than, than her public persona, you know, punchline. I was always struck by, by how smart she is. I mean, she, and, and really also not only smart, but articulate and also compassionate, like just in in control. She, she, she is, I like the fact that she is taking control, especially after the Pam and Tommy thing traumatized her apparently. And they talk about, yes, they talk about the first time and how they had no agency in it, made no money on it. And that it was the whole scab was ripped off again. Yeah. Um, She's been married several times. She's a failure with that, but she, uh, but, but again, it's worth to hear her story and it's an easy, easy, uh, interesting, quick uh, two hours of uh, Pamela, a love story. That's so that's what, what, what is it? What is it called Tom? Uh, Pamela Anderson, a love story. And it's on Netflix. Hmm. Awesome. Thank you. James, number six. Number six. Number six, uh, there was a recent cover story in New York Magazine uh, last week, I think it was. Uh, You can find it online. New rules of etiquette for the 2020s. And uh, some of them are bonkers. Some of them make a lot of sense. I'm going to read a few of them here and see if you agree. Um, Tom, this one is for you. Okay. Uh, When another human being is present, do not talk to your animal in the private voice you use when you are alone together. Okay. Never send an edible arrangement as a gift. Um, I believe that. Don't describe TikToks. They are more boring than describing dreams. Okay. Never answer a compliment with a compliment. Never ask somebody what their job is. Um, If somebody mispronounces a word and you know what they mean, let it go. Do not correct them ever. I like Um, that. Don't feel bad about being the first person to stand up when the airplane lands. You can stand in the aisle as long as you want and do not worry about anybody else. Um, When planning a hangout, it is perfectly okay to say no partners allowed. Um, It is fine to use COVID to get out of any um, uh, uh, commitment. Ask before sending graphic pictures to anyone and do not post on Instagram in the manner of an influencer if you are not an influencer. These are just among the many I get that. rules. May I amend the first one? I agree with all of them. The first one, don't use your cat voice with someone you want to have sex with. I think you can have yeah, it with everybody yeah. else. Yeah. If, you, if you want to have sex with them, the cat voice will not help. It could be part of the whole thing. Could be like <laughs> two yeah, yeah. right. That would be my perfect there, life partner. There are hundreds and hundreds of, of new rules. Those are just a few of the ones I picked at random. James, you, I, I'm impressed that you brought that to us, and I like some of the ideas, but this seems like a perfect hardcover book for you to write. Well, you know book. that I, I I collect etiquette books. I have etiquette books going back to the yeah. 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, this, is, this is right in my wheelhouse. That is a great I, idea, Tom, a history of etiquette. Yes, that's fascinating. Yes, I, uh-huh. yes. I have some like I have some old like um uh, etiquettes for I literally just some of the it, it, they can be really crazy and fun. So yes, I am an etiquette expert. New York Magazine is also really on it these days because they did that Nepo baby story. They're yes. just like, hold on, and I'm I'm breaking one of the rules. Is it Nepo baby or Nepo baby? Uh, <laughs> Nepo. It's like nepotism. 
Oh, I like saying Nepo. It just sounds more. I know you've got me saying Nepo, and now I hate myself, Fenton. <laughs> well, no. and I'm sorry to correct you. Yes, but it's because <laughs> you meow, know what I mean. Meow, meow. <laughs> it's like aluminium. It's just British. Yes. Vitamins. All right, micro wave. Here we go. Um, you can read more on the Wow Report of the new rules of etiquette. That's number six. Number five. Number five. I have, I'm going to need some help here. But James St. James, and I always do what you say, James, told me via text that I should speak at number five about the Twitter thing, Rate My Poo. And so I duly went and searched Rate My Poo, the hashtag. I couldn't, I saw a couple of turdy poos, but I couldn't really get the hang of what was going on. So then you said, um, places I've pooed would be another one. And yeah. it, it had like five followers. I'm like, what is, what, help and me. And two here. of them were James. <laughs> yeah. What is this Twitter viral sensation? Well, rate my poo. I See, because I saw about 110 people's poos that just were shocking and appalling and made oh. me lose my lunch. There were a couple in... And there's some very long ones. There's some very splattery ones. There's some very large pine coney ones. I see. And so the idea is, I mean, basically just to explain it, the idea then is that people post pictures and then they get sort of rated, rated. by an yes, authority by one, or just by, by popular ten. vote. One to ten, you know, how, how interesting is your poo and how, how, you know, how shocking is it? Does this predate Twitter, though, this kind of? I had a well, college I, I mean, I, neighbor. I had a neighbor in college across the room from my dorm in Lowell house. And he came out one day and he was so excited. He had a Polaroid. He goes, oh my God, look at this. And he had he had laid out one of the longest, thickest poos you'd ever seen. And he shared it with us. He was he was straight, but we bonded. I wish I could remember his name right now. I think I think right before Twitter, you would always have like random pop up websites that would be like rate my poo. But I also remember in the seventies and eighties looking at my brother's hustler magazines, and they always had a section of people sending in pictures, Polaroids of their incredible poos. And so it is something that that people like Fenton are always obsessed with poop. And so I just well, thought that's they would a British it. thing. That's a British. We do have a, like a scatological sense of humor and preoccupation. Yeah. In in the old country, yes, but I was like, (laughs) but the and and I don't know if I I haven't gone on the places I've pooed, but I think that is a really fascinating one where people talk about different bathrooms that they go to around the city. I think that is always you know rating public bathrooms and the comfort level and and how private it is and blah blah blah. I think all that's and and must as you say that I'm actually getting a flashback of a story I heard about i have no clue what the context is someone got on a private jet and they had a terrible upset stomach and they were on a private jet with a potential investor or something and they desperately needed to go to the bathroom and turned out that there wasn't actually a bathroom per se on the jet it was under one of the seats in the main cabin so they had to lift up the seat and do their business in the main cabin of the private jet with everybody all around them. And apparently it was catastrophic in terms of noise and smell and just overall humiliation. I don't know if that's a true story. That is, it just, 
it in sounds vaguely apocryphal, but I'm thinking that it's it's an episode of some show somewhere. Right. New etiquette, know. don't tell that story again, Fenton. <laughs> <laughs> Period. To anybody. All right. Let's take a break. Um, oh, that's a good segue. Packed with glorious, inside a gossip and amazing celebrity stories. Rate my book. <laughs> the book is <laughs> the book is called Screen Age. Hopefully, it's better than a poo. Um, <laughs> it or, tells a wider or story about while you're pooing. Reading. Screen Age by Fenton Bailey. It's the shit. <laughs> <laughs> stuff writes itself i love it i love it the book comes out march 28th it's published by penguin but you can get your copy now at the wow store at store.worldofwonder.com hmm. flake do you have a question for us i do i do um james mentioned the first transgender woman what's her name that won a grammy what's her name oh in 1969 okay Oh, that was the question. All right. So we'll have the answer right after the break. <laughs> You're listening to Wow Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Wow Report. Fenton here with Tom and James and Blake. We're counting down the top 10 things of the week that made us go wow. And Blake has the answer to a very teasing question he asked. Although we're all thankful that Kim Hedges has won her first Grammy, she was not the first transgender woman to win a Grammy. What was that woman's name? I'm embarrassed to say I don't know, but I'm hoping I'm going to hear it today on the show and then I'll remember it for the rest of my life. Well, her name was Wendy Carlos, and she won three Grammys in 1969 for Classical Album of the Year and Classical something or other. And like I said, then she went on to work with Stanley Kubrick on Clockwork Orange and uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. That's right. She, uh, it was her success was of uh, an album she did called Switched on Bach. And then oh, she went on. She you're went kidding. On, mm-hmm. She did that? Yeah. I love that album. Yeah, that she was one of the album. pioneers of electronic music, which I know you do love. And yeah. say her name one more time. Wendy Carlos. She also went on to do the Tron soundtrack and oh. uh, what else? A Clockwork Orange and The Shining. Switched oh, on Bach is electronic versions of Johann Sebastian Bach, uh, mm-hmm. classical music. I mean, it's um, just fantastic. Is she still alive? Do we know? She is. Um, the last... The last time this article, which I'm reading from LGBTQ Nation, it says at 83, Carlos seems to have largely retreated from public life, emerging only in 2020 to disavow an unauthorized biography. Interesting. I I think she's worth following up on, everyone. I think so, too. All right. We're counting down the top 10 things that made us go, wow. And we've reached number four. Number four. My last name is Campbell. I'm half Scottish. And for the first time ever, I went to Scotland over the weekend. I love Scotland. I'd never been. Theron and I were shooting here in the UK. We were on a very busy schedule, working all the time, Fed, working all the time. <laughs> we had the weekend off. And so Theron and I, you know, the whole Europe thing where we took a train at, uh, from King's Cross Station. We, we had an Uber to London. We took a train, which ended up being a beautiful ride. And pastures and the ocean and just i love train travel it's so fun and we arrived at uh in edinburgh and we edinburgh is my favorite city on the planet i love it so much 
because it was one night only, we got really fancy hotel suites at the Balmoral Hotel, which yeah. is literally at the train station and it's gorgeous. And we, you, you have a view of the city with all these spires and we had the castle view. Um, and we were only Hogwarts. there about 24 it's, it's hours. Hogwarts in the middle of the city is there's a mountain with Hogwarts on it. Yes, yes. And it's, um, Theron has figured everything out through all of life and all cons- conspiracy theories and all travel through TikTok. So we were just going places and he would like, we, we would look at people's TikTok tours, you know, and we'd be like, oh, we need to go see that. And so we, we got everything. It, it's a small city. You can spend a lot of time there, but it's also small enough and beautiful enough and picturesque enough that you can kind of do a superficial, you know, fly through and feel good about yourself. I have to say we are staying next door to uh, Windsor Castle, which we had a beautiful tour of last year. Can I just say the British much richer than the Scots, the Scottish castle on top of a hill. So windy, so cold. Um, Theron went to use the bathroom and ended up in like the torture chamber. Like what was the torture chamber? We also went through the, the jail and you're just like, and it really had some bad juju. It was like, ooh. And, it, and the, the, there was a pet cemetery, which seemed to have a lot more love and care than the, what they had for people. Um, and they, But, you know, everything's built on a hill anyway. It's great for steps. Um, and we had lunch at the witchery, which is this incredible, old, gothic-y kind of uh, restaurant. And then, oh, and the last day, we took, a tr- we took an Uber because we were crazy. This is like, so to, to go to... Um, uh, Berwick upon Tweed. Tweed to this, which is the ocean. So the sea was hitting our face. It was incredibly cold. The um, Uber driver, it's like a 45 minute Uber. He never had seen the ocean before. He was His name was Mohammed. So he was taking p- pictures. So you bonded with everybody. And there's this huge rock uh, island. There's a rock sticking out of the ocean and built on it is a lighthouse. And it's, it's just gorgeous. And again, something that Theron found on TikTok. Um, so I don't know. I, and, and I was offered haggis and said, no, <laughs> you know, every time I've ever been to Scotland as I'm flying over in the plane. I just think this is my home. I could retire here. I could be so happy in Scotland and then come to find out when I did 23 and me that I am like 92% from the UK, London, Manchester, and Edinburgh are my three places wow. with County Cork from, uh, Ireland is like I always done. that's why i love you so much james yes it's true it's true um uh so i but I, to me i could just do a castle tour of scotland and be completely happy but you do make the very good point on that living in a castle was was not ideal home was it it was like kind of brutal and you were throwing your shit out of a bucket never mind rape my poo you were like tossing it out on the surfs below and it was freezing cold and it was drafty and just not nice, really. Well, I the think other thing I about like... it, I think, is that you know, because because Theron was saying, "Geez, I, I feel like uh, Edinburgh is much better preserved than London." And I was reminded that during World War II, there was all the bombing in London. So you know, there there, there is this great wealth of architectural, you know, uh, uh, continuity in Edinburgh that you don't see uh, in London. But again, you know, I love I love both places. Edinburgh. All right. Edinburgh is still there. You can go there. It's got this fantastic castle, a volcanic plug, and uh, it's not on Netflix. No, but you can watch it on TikTok. You can watch it on TikTok. But, you know, and, and the thing is, Scottish boys, little red-haired Scott ginger boys, just nutty, nutty, nutty people. I love them. I They're hot, hot, hot. I could get me a little 
Scottish ginger and be very happy. All right. Time to move on, I think. Number three, James. Number three. Number three, I last night I watched Empire of Light, which is now on HBO Max. Um, it's Olivia Coleman, who is absolutely luminous and fantastic. She's nominated for Best Actress. Um, she really is one of the best actresses we have. Nobody does sad middle-aged woman like Olivia Coleman. This is another one of those performances. Um, here it's 1980. And she works at an Art Deco movie palace that has sort of seen better days. And um, some days nobody shows up and she she works there, but she loves it very much. And then one day this hot young uh, uh, black boy starts working there and she has a crush on him. She's instantly smitten and their relationship is sort of the, the rest of, of the movie. Um, it's Sam Mendes directed it. The cinematography is unbelievable. You gasp if you don't. If you wa just watch the first twenty minutes of it to see if this is a movie for you, because the first twenty minutes is she goes to the theater and turns the lights on, and that's ten minutes, and you just ooh and ah at every light that goes on in this theater. It's so beautiful to watch. Um, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross do the music, and it is absolutely fabulous. All eighties music. It's weird though because. The movie is sort of a mishmash of four different stories, and it never really finds its place. There's, it's about Thatcherism. It's about racism. It's about growing older. It's about mental health. It's about all these things that never quite jibe together, although Olivia Coleman's performance is absolutely one for the ages. And um, like I said, just watch it for the opening scene of turning the lights on in the movie. That sounds amazing. I love it. Where can you see? Where can you see the movie, James? Oh, it's on HBO. It's on HBO Max. Yes. Right. Awesome. Just breaking news. You know how Discovery was going to merge their streaming service, Discovery Plus, with HBO Max. Today they announced they're not going to merge it. It's going to be so. HBO all of probably... this has been for not all of this. No, the it will be HBO will be Max. Shit. HBO will be Max and Discovery Plus because they finally realized, duh. Totally different audiences. Mm. But, you know, they, remember, they've been purging all these shows and they've been taking, you know, HBO has taken off. You I know, think that's about resetting the finances uh, and the money and the expectations. Well, that's about, yes, not having to pay residuals, too. If they pull it down, then they don't have to, uh, uh, yeah. So, anywho. Oh, well, thank you for that. All right, number two. Number two. Number two is normally a, a rest in power or like we normally do a rest in power. No one seems to have died this week. Um, but I do want to do a little rest in power for the 747, the jumbo jet. Oh, uh, yeah. Just recently, the very last jumbo jet to ever be made rolled off the production line. Um, it's going to be a cargo uh, jumbo. And since I think the first jumbo jet flight was in, the first commercial one was 1970. And it has lasted all this time. It was only ever intended to be a temporary thing because they thought they were all going to go supersonic and Concorde. Mm -hmm. But instead the jumbo jet lasted, it outlasted everything. It even outlasted its replacement, which was supposed to be, well, not replacement, but the A380, the double decker plane that oh, was going to completely put jumbo jets. Mm, I love those too, but I love, love, love a jumbo jet. Pan Am got Boeing to make it and develop it in the sixties. And, um, I have very fond memories. It was the very first plane I took over to America. 
And um, wait, the, the 747 is the one that has the three seats and then the six seats in the middle and then the three seats on each side. Is that what it is? And it has the little bump front and a little yes. upstairs area that was initially used oh. as a sort of futuristic lounge. And who had visions of air travel being just luxurious and lovely and just standing around having cocktails? Because in the end, it just got filled with seats like everything else. Like, but well, it's such a beautiful shape. But the Air Emirates now is the one that, that still has all of that, right? Which has the showers and all of They have the A380s, art. which are double-deckers all the way, but they're not nearly as beautiful to look at. And um, they only ever made, I mean, it sounds like I said 1,574 747s total ever made. And the other interesting fact I, I find is made up of 6 million different parts. 6 wow. million parts go into a jumbo jet. I mean, I'm sure a lot go into any plane, but that is a lot. <laughs> and if you're scared of flying, a lot of things to go wrong, potentially, right? Yes. <laughs> Thanks for that, Fenton. Thanks for that. Mm. The <laughs> other interesting fact is when they were developing it, it almost never happened at all because the wings have this like 225 foot span and they were so heavy that the thing, it kind of like a bumblebee, it could not fly. They couldn't find a way to attach the wings to the body without them snapping off so um yeah you know rest in perfection the jumbo jet um wow. so they're not all being grounded this is the last new one was made is that correct there are going to be no new ones exactly they're not being grounded they're, they're going to carry on mainly as uh cargo planes they, they get used they're very very popular for cargo planes because i think the planes we fly in are usually pretty old Probably. Well, you know, better like better being a in a plane, you know. You want to better be in a jumbo jet than a max jet, I tell you that. Yes. Yes. All right, let's take one more break. Oh, House of Love, the exclusive drink of RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh just in time for your season 15 viewing parties. Four delicious cocktails, two mouth-watering mocktails, party packs, the all-star the squirrel friend, variety box, hall of fame. Just go to houseoflovecocktails.com, order to your heart's content, and I bet you those 60-minute shows will suddenly feel like 90-minute shows. And you won't care about anything anyway. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back on Radio Andy with the WOW Report with the number one thing this week that made us go wow. You're listening to World of Wonders WOW Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Well wow Report. It's Fenton here with Tom and James and Blake. We've been counting down the top 10 things of the week that made us go wow. We've reached number one. Number one. Started with the Grammys, ending with the Grammys. So much happened. And I want Fenton and Blake and James to join in with the big, big controversy. And I may fall, we may have different opinions. I don't know. Is that Beyonce did not, once again, Beyonce did not win the album of the year for Renaissance, which was a, her love letter to queer culture, to dance, electronic music. And instead, um, my unofficial boyfriend, Harry Styles, won for his album, uh, Harry's House. Uh, Fenton. Uh, sorry, James, you seem to be having a bit of a conniption of Fenton. Tell me what's going on. Okay, here's the thing. 
yes, Beyonce did not win, and she probably should have won. It is, you know, she it it is more probably culturally relevant than Harry Harry's house. But Beyonce is the most Grammy award winning person in history. It is not as if the Grammys overlook Beyonce. Beyonce is a billionaire. She's gonna be fine. She's the most famous woman on the planet. She's gonna be fine. The, nobody is snubbing Beyonce, okay? And the fact that everybody has made this into the biggest thing that has ever happened in the history of the world, and how dare it's not that big of a. It's just the Grammys, and the you know the Grammys have the record of the year, and the album of the year, and the single of the year, and the you know it, it all. They're all the same award. So if you don't get one, you get another, and if you don't get that one, you're gonna get another one. And so, like, what is the big damage? What about about Harry's speech where he says things like this don't happen to guys like me. Like I what what is that? Harry knew what the backlash was going to be and he was flummoxed and he just got up there and he was like a deer in the headlights and just said something nonsensical that no but you know two pieces of news. I also think I think I interpreted that as he was sort of flashing back to where he came from. Not yeah. these, you know, but just like, oh my God, like where I come from, people don't win Grammys. Um you know his performance, which everyone says was kind of lackluster. Although I love that silver tinsel dance suit. I love it. I love it. This is the this is the inside scoop. You know that you know because it's, it's it's it harkens back to the video. But that turntable that was turning the whole time, it was messy. And they said the dancers oh. said it's regular that they rehearsed it for a week, going one way, and the night of the performance. It went the other way. So live <laughs> television on their feet. They had in to front of the they world. Had to do the Ginger Rogers thing of backwards. Yeah, uh, yeah. But they're supposed to create all these cure, cure formation, cool formations. And when you watch, you just see them all like bumping into each other and going in circles and falling over almost. So the fact they they held it together, everyone was like, "What's with Harry?" I, I think one of the reasons. Listen, he also said something. He said, "There's no such thing as best album of the year." You know what yeah. I mean? It's it is. True. It's true. It's it, you know it, the voting and the mechanisms and all that kind of, all that kind of stuff. But I have to say that I believe that Harry's fifteen nights at the Forum and his fifteen nights in Madison Square Garden, people saw him live, who, who may have you know voters who may have seen him. I think in one of the best concerts I've seen in a long time. So that may have influenced the vote. And, and, and like I say, nothing. I'm not. I'm not denigrating. Beyonce or Beyonce's fans for right. for wanting her to get album of the year. But and in the fact that no wo- black woman or any uh, I, I don't think it's gotten one since Lauren Hill 29 years ago. But it's, the fact is is it really it's just the Grammys. It's not that big. It's it is none right. of these awards mean that much really. When in the in the grand scheme of things, just let it go. She has the most. God, Queen Bee has the most Grammys of any performer ever as of, yeah, as of so, this year. So she, like I said, she's she's going to be fine. She's she's not sitting she at home. Did, she did a good her. thing. She did a good thing with Renaissance. Oh. Thank you, Beyonce. Yes. Yeah. So did Adele get up and walk out when Harry won? Is that what happened? That's what oh. they say. She may have had to go to the bathroom. I don't know. We'll get, we'll get Adele on next week. She went off to rate her poo. That's what she was doing. <laughs> no, look you at them. had to get one more in. <laughs> well, that's all we got time for. Thanks Thank for tuning God. into the Wow Report on Radio Andy. Listen to previous episodes on our YouTube channel, Wow Presents. God willing, we'll see you same time, same place next week. Until then, go out and do something that makes the world go wow.